Well, hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And as usual, you can always reach us at Chef Bright Comedy or search Surviving Empathy Podcast. And if you care about us and the work we're doing and you care about the show and you care about our future success, you can always pitch in a couple dollars to the cause on Patreon or PayPal at Chef Bry Comedy. And you guys, not to be heavy-handed, we're not looking to be a charity case. We are not looking to uh, guilt trip anybody. But you guys, Rebecca and I are in a pretty uh, tight emotional spot right now. And so that's what this episode is all about, is just talking about our personal life a little bit. And then getting into why we did this, why we're starting this, what we're trying to be. We're trying to be a resource for empaths. We're trying to be a resource for regular struggling working folks. And we're trying to make the world a better place by really by pointing out all the aggressive, tyrannical, uh, backwards, regressive and oppressive systems that are uh, trying to uh, decimate the strong working class people. They're trying to get rid of the middle class. They're trying to uh, oppress people and keep us down. And so we're trying to identify any regressive system that is making it harder for regular people to live. I've said it once and I'll say it again. This is a spiritual passion project for me. Uh, While I am a, a spiritual atheist or agnostic, I do have a very spiritual side and I have a very strong motivation to make this succeed, to make this work so that not only we help better the lives of Rebecca and I, but we can help make a better life for all regular good people out there who are just having trouble keeping up. There's just not enough goodness in the world. There's not enough opportunity. There's just, we're becoming a society of too much sophistication and not enough down-home goodness, you know? And so this is my message from the heart. We need your help, you guys, and uh, we're trying to better ourselves and better our brand every single day for you guys so that we can make a little bit of progress in this world before it's too late. So let's begin. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, it's just going to be me. Uh, Rebecca is here. Well, she's actually out on, uh, running errands, but I, I thought this would be a really great opportunity to kind of slow things down and speak from the heart for a little bit. Because uh, there's just some things going on in my life making it excruciatingly difficult to be a content creator right now. And while I love this, I enjoy it. Uh, it, It's a part of me. It's therapeutic. It's relaxing. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. Uh, But it can also be very frustrating and disappointing, too. And I'll go into all that in just a little bit. First, I just kind of want to prompt you guys on what started this. Um, so Rebecca and I, uh, you know, we moved up here to Oregon from California about seven years ago, and uh, we've always been just trying to find a better life. California can be beautiful. There's a lot of infrastructure, but it, it also has a lot of wealth agendas, and there's a lot of, um, it's just a very expensive place to live, frankly. You know, we grew up in California on the Central Coast, uh, you know, aging ourselves here. But we've, you know, we've been around for some time, you know. And the thing about Rebecca and I 
what makes us relatable is that we're older, but we still act young in many ways, you know. So I'd like to think that we get along with older folks, we get along with younger folks, because we're still hip, we're still young, we're still relevant, you know. Um, but then we're, you know, when you've been around since the 70s, um, you know, you've seen a thing or two, and it makes you wise, um, not only beyond your years, but wise uh, because you've seen and been through many, many things in life. From, you know, 9-11 to, uh, you know, economic recessions, gas shortages, disco. <laughs> I remember going to a disco party when I was five. Uh, but the reason why I started this, you guys, was because uh, when we moved up here to Oregon, I was trying to get a job in radio because that was my most relevant experience. And it's something that I love. It's something that I actually enjoy because, you know, when I was working as a chef, uh, really what it started to feel like after a while was just indentured servitude, frankly. And I hate saying that because I love the culinary arts. I am proud to call myself a chef and culinarian, and I'm always learning and I'm always growing. And I love what good food and culture uh, you know, what it does to him, just enhance our life. It, 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 it makes promises of, of good food and festivity and family and fun. And that's what it always was for me. But when it stopped being that, uh, is when I decided to get out. You know, I, I, I never stopped being a chef in my heart, but I stopped being a line cook because that's the thing that a lot of these, you know, culinary schools and such don't tell you is that um, you're going to end up in a line cook position for a very, very long time. And you may or may not find yourself in the type of job that you want uh, for a long time, if ever. And I'm not trying to poop on the the um, industry because, uh, you know, being a chef isn't for everyone. Uh, but when it when it's so when it becomes so selfless, that you literally are getting nothing out of it for yourself and you're not even getting paid well and you're starting to get abused, that's when you just ask yourself, oh God, what? where did I see the upside to this? I don't see it, you know? So Rebecca and I moved up here with my mom and my aunt. My uh, cousin lives up in Vancouver, Washington, which is nearby. And uh, that's where we used to live the first time we came up here. But then we ended up getting homesick after our lease was up and going back to California and then I, that's where I had my radio adventure. That's where I, uh, my friend Craig, who's in radio, he's a, he's been a radio producer for a very long time. And, um, he sort of made a name for himself on the Central Coast. Uh, he won a contest of all things, uh, a long, long time ago. And he ended up becoming a radio personality, a morning show host. Uh, he was the co-host and, uh, he had a nickname called Lunchbox. And uh, it was for KZOZ Radio down in San Luis Obispo, California. And uh, he's my best friend. And uh, he's the guy I talked about on the last episode. His name is Craig. So he got me into this uh, gig as a promotions assistant. And, and basically what it was is you drive a trailer uh, with a big jug on it for K-Jug Radio. And then sometimes you'll work for the rock station. Sometimes you'll work for the country station. Sometimes you'll work, uh, you know, for the for the light listening station. Um, but there's all kinds of different stations that are all owned by American general media. 
And what my job was, was to go out on events and uh, promote, promote, promote. We were setting up booths. We were setting up live events for the DJ to come show up. And so it was my job to uh, assemble his uh, DJ booth and then break everything down afterward. And that way he didn't have to do all this grueling work. So essentially it was my job to not only make sure that the DJ uh, the talent, as it's called in the business, uh, doesn't have to deal with all of the, m- the mundane stuff of setup and breakdown. Uh, they can concentrate on being the radio voice talent, you know. Anyway, to make a long story short, I really got into it and I really loved it for a time, but it didn't have a lot of hours. And uh, I took all the hours I could get. And sometimes I was able to go on uh, the air with Craig and, uh, you know, voice my own voice talent. And um, I just really learned to love it because uh, it's it's a profession that doesn't pay a lot of money, but um, but it gives you kind of a quasi celebrity status. You get um, a lot of little perks like uh, free concerts and things. We got to see the Beach Boys. Well, actually, it was Brian Wilson that played all the Beach Boys songs, and we went and saw uh, Rob Zombie all free, you know, because we worked for the station there, and so. When uh, we ended up moving up here to Oregon, it was really a time where Rebecca and I, you know, we ended up buying this mobile home uh, with my mom uh, because she's getting older. She needed help. Uh, we None of us made enough finances uh, to do it by ourselves, And so we decided to just all move together to uh, sort of pool our resources. And while it is working for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, generational differences. We get in squabbles a lot, you know, things like that. And uh, there's a lot of frustration because, uh, frankly, there's not a ton of money coming in right now. So I tried getting a job in radio, uh, looked everywhere, couldn't find anything. I ended up working at Lowe's. And uh, the first year was really good. It was really a uh, team effort. It was a brand new store. Uh, everybody had a good attitude and uh, people were all learning and training and, and going through the process together. And it had a real sense of togetherness that really was quite nice. And um, But what happened is, like a lot of situations, is as the, the store gets older, uh, managers become a little bit more strict. Um, you know, attitudes start emerging. Uh, there's a lot of turnover. Uh, you deal with a lot of, uh, you know, negativity from bosses and customers. And so at the end of the day, it just... It stopped being fun. It stopped being joyous. And it stopped having that camaraderie and teamwork that really made it quite pleasant to work at. That being said, I still have many friends from Lowe's that I still talk to today. And uh, it really did uh, enhance my life in a lot of ways because most of the people I know today is because of Lowe's. And so I'm very grateful for that experience. But what happened was is over, you know, I was there for about three and a half years. And uh, over the time, it just got, like I said, they went through a restructuring process. And then they were forcing all these managers to uh, interview for their own jobs. My friend Evan lost his job. My friend uh, Ed lost his job. There's a bunch of people who just lost their job. And then as the restructuring happened, they started getting rid of a lot of what they thought was uh, superfluous positions. So certain positions just ended up dissolving. And so by the time everything was said and done, uh, most of the people that really made that place quite pleasant and enjoyable to work there, 
uh, they were gone. And, uh, if, and th- those few who remained, uh, just didn't have the same personality. They didn't have the same spark. And so the place started to feel, uh, less joyous and more oppressive. And so I got to thinking about all the jobs that I've worked all for, throughout all the years, line cooking jobs. I've worked as a janitor, a custodial job where I cleaned up, uh, brand new houses. Uh, for them to, cause they, what we were doing is making them move in ready. And so we, it wasn't like a custodian and that I was changing trash and all that. But what we were doing is we were cleaning up bathtubs and cleaning up floors and making a house ready for sale for the new owner. And that was a very long time ago, uh, before I was a chef. But, um, what it, what it boils down to is, um, when Rebecca and I met, I was working at an army post, uh, very decent paying job, but there was a long commute. It was four 10-hour shifts plus an hour and a half commute. And so it just got really taxing after a while. And then what happened was, is I had my roommate and I got into it. He uh, was getting very, very, he was starting to get really superior because before that he was an owner operator of his only own trucking business. And he just started getting a real attitude, you know, like he was too good for everything around him. And he started making mistakes on the job and started getting write-ups. And so one day I was just minding my own business because, you know, I was making friends and he was making enemies. And then one day I asked him how, what was going on. And he started literally from nothing, started choking me at work, started choking me. And then I later found out that he was reading this Star Wars book about the Sith and how choking was this, um, their way of showing dominance over others and all this. And, uh, you know how the movies go, but it was crazy. It was craziness. And then I ended up having to move in with my mom after my grandfather just passed away. And it was just the timing of it all. I just ended up moving and deciding, you know what? Fuck this guy. Um, that's it. You know, and that's right when I met Rebecca through, uh, we actually met on match.com and it was, uh, it was just instant friendship. You know, there was a bond. There was an unspoken thing there. So to make a long story short, you guys, is that um, what's going on today is that Rebecca is uh, – she she and I are trying to uh, keep our friendship and our relationship alive. And uh, some of the intimacy uh, has been lost because we don't get a lot of privacy because we're living here with my mom and my aunt. And while uh, I would much rather have them as roommates than perfect strangers – or partiers or something of that nature, um, it does get, uh, you know, difficult sometimes because they're going through a different phase of their life. They're going through, you know, retirement and um, elderly years. And uh, they're, you know, they're not old, old, but they're in their 60s. And, um, you know, so there's those generational gap differences. And then we just have uh, trouble sometimes finding privacy. And um, and so to make a long story short, Rebecca has been taking uh an antidepressant for a very long time. And, uh, she, I told her that, you know, I was managing my depression with my ashwagandha, which is just this herb that helps raise certain levels. And just kind of, uh, it's a mood, uh, enhancer, but it's very mild, you know, but, uh, but I'm getting results from it. And so she decided, well, I'll, I'll get off there too, because what it boils down to is that there's a lot of sexual side effects with, uh, antidepressants. And so, uh, what it boils down to is um, she uh, stopped taking it and she was doing really well for a while. But And this is like, I'm, I'm talking about two weeks here. 
Um, and then I started noticing she was exhibiting symptoms like she used to, where she was just complaining a lot, going to the dark side a lot, um, just very hard to uh, please, uh, always pointing out all of my faults. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, these are my faults, you know, and I'm working on them. And, uh, but it boils down to is that she she's reeling a lot. She's always, always reeling, you know, the, always that negative um, where you're just – you're always holding grudges. You're always clinging and hanging on to negative thoughts. And, uh, and so uh, she's decided to uh, try to get back. She's taking her meds again. Last night, we kind of had a little bit of a, a blowout. And um, to make a long story short, uh, she decided that uh, she wasn't doing well off her meds. And she feels very bad about that. She was like, I was doing so well, you know, and she feels like she f- She's, she feels like embarrassed that she has to depend on chemical uh, treatment in order to feel normal. And I, and I told her, babe, we run a podcast all about mental health and uh, not stigmatizing people based on their mental health. So uh, of all people, you should know that there's no shame in that, you know. And so just to kind of uh, make a long story short, uh, she's she's going to. She's taking her meds again. She she took it last night. She took it this morning, and uh, she's uh, writ, wrote she wrote a, a letter to her doctor just saying that she wants to try a different uh, antidepressant, uh, one with uh, fewer uh, sexual side effects. And uh, so you know she's still kind of going through it, you know, having her problems. Um, but what it boils down to is that um, I have a partial disability because of my fibromyalgia what it 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 probably came on because there's a genetic component because my mom has it too and then uh i noticed uh, symptoms after my shoulder surgery back in 2014 that i was having a lot of weird chronic pain chronic fatigue uh stomach problems etc and a lot of fatigue and and sometimes even insomnia and so anytime i get overly stressed out i swell up like the stay puffed marshmallow man i get very swollen and uh, it really affects my uh, <clears throat> my pain levels, and uh, it makes it hard to move. And uh, and so you know we're we're both under a terrible amount of stress right now. Um, but the reason why we started this show, this podcast, was because uh, we saw all the people out there, especially post Trump administration, uh, dealing with aggressive and punitive and. Uh, tyrannical and oppressive and regressive systems out there. And I thought to myself, you know, because I was getting downright suicidal about my job. And even though uh, it, it probably had a lot to do with missing home and missing my friends, uh, it was more than that. It was starting to become spiritual. And and that's kind of what's going on with Rebecca right now, is that she's going through uh, something spiritual. Uh, she's not getting a lot of gratification out of her job uh, she's looking for another job. Uh, she 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 uh, she decided to uh, to go to uh, apply at Costco because she's got over seven years of experience in, in as a cashier and a customer service uh, supervisor for a grocery store. And so we're in this state of spiritual flux. We're we're both trying to find our joy. We're trying to f- capture our joy you know because at the end of the day you guys not every job is going to be right for us and sometimes after a while especially 
when you start getting older like us, uh, you get to a point, you guys, where the daily grind wears you out, frankly, especially if you have depression or anxiety, and especially if you have uh, a pain condition like I do uh, that causes a lot of fatigue. And, and anytime I get stressed out, I swell up. I, I get inflamed. And as a result, uh, my nerves go cattywampus, and then I start getting anxiety, and then I start having trouble sleeping. And so it's a really hard thing to manage um, when you put a lot of strain and stress and financial pressure on a person with fibromyalgia. It makes it exceedingly difficult to uh, to control and keep in balance. And so we've been, you know, I've been sitting here thinking about our life since last night and uh, thinking about what can I do because a lot of it has to do with is Rebecca is uh, very stressed out because right now she's the sole uh, income earner in our situation. And the thing is with me is that I have no problem getting a job so long as it's not overly physical, but also it has to be not super depressing. It has to be something constructive that makes me feel good about living. And frankly, here in rural Oregon, that is a really hard thing to find, you guys. Uh, I have the Indeed app, and I, I get all these job alerts, and I'm trying to get into the cannabis industry to be a bud tender because um, I do smoke a little bit for medical purposes, and uh, I know the different strains, and I know, you know, uh, kind of hearkening back to being a chef – is that I also know how to be a wine connoisseur and I understand bouquet and I understand different uh, flavors and aromas and such. And so I, I, I'm pretty good at uh, finding, uh, just critiquing movies, critiquing bud, cr- critiquing various things because, uh, you know, as a chef, you learn to be a connoisseur of sorts. And so, you know, really what it boils down to, you guys, is we started this show because we wanted people out there who were struggling and suffering like us to see that they weren't alone, you know. I wanted to encourage people. I wanted to offer solutions. I wanted to try to get people who go to the dark side like our, like we do to, to, to focus on their blessings, to focus on the positive, you know. Um, and frankly, it's, it's easier said than done, but... Um, I am unwavering in my commitment to be a good host and to do good work here at Chef Bright Comedy. You know, because at the end of the day, Rebecca knows I'm working very hard at this. She knows it takes a lot of time because it's not just about turning on a microphone and going for it. There's a lot of prep. There's a lot of research involved. And uh, also, though, uh, you're also not just doing the, the podcast, but you're also growing a brand as well. And there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of uh what's called cross-platforming, where you're trying to be get on YouTube, you're trying to get on all the different places, but, you, but you're trying to uh, make your presence known everywhere that you can, and so your numbers grow. And once your numbers grow, uh, you're able to get sponsors and different uh, paid things so that you can do it for a living, so that you get a little income coming in. And uh, I'm not looking to get rich off of this. I am simply looking to continue doing this because I love what I'm doing. I love radio and I love helping people. You know, I um, started off a very pensive child, very sensitive child, found out that I had a little bit of uh, empath abilities 
my hypersensitivity is basically an extension of of who I am. Uh, uh, I sense things that a lot of people don't sense. Empaths pick up on things that a lot of people don't. And it makes it especially hard to work and live out in society, uh, especially when you're around a lot of uh, people who aren't so nice and uh, their energy isn't coming correct. And so uh, after a while, it gets exceedingly difficult to block and filter uh, and you have to really learn to get tough. And that's the thing that I wanted to pass on to you, my audience, who is who also might be suffering from depression or anxiety and who might also have a little bit of inherent empathicness or uh, hypersensitivity like we do. But when you're trying to brand around uh, being an empath, it's hard because there's not a lot of people out there who I could consider a realized empath. All that means is, is I've, I've told you guys that most empaths, most people have it. The only, there's very few people who have zero sense of awareness. Uh, we call those people sociopaths and predators, <laughs> but the vast majority of regular folks who have normal emotional growth, normal uh, sense of awareness, uh, can, can fine tune their empathicness uh, to, uh, help them, uh, you know, to grow and to become more emotionally intelligent and also to, uh, understand the world more correctly and more accurate because you have a really good understanding of nuance and of life and of what's out there in the world energetically. And so I've reached this point in my podcast where the numbers are stable, but you guys have to understand that, um, YouTube is very different than podcasting in the sense that some podcasters tend to struggle for a while, but many can make it in a fairly short amount of time if they're likable, if they have good content. And so uh, that is one thing that I am trying to do here is I'm trying to grow and cross what's called cross platform, which is just, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel, supplementary channel so that you guys can have uh, little things, tidbits. Uh, I've got some real actual uh, ghost footage for you guys or uh, some actually it's it's paranormal uh, footage from a friend of mine at, and what she's dealing with at her house. And so I'm going to be putting that up for people to see and to uh, try to help me figure out what they see because, you know, uh, the more eyes you have on paranormal footage, the more you can get from it. But this whole experience with Rebecca and I, it's a spiritual journey and uh, it's very important to us. It means everything to me and I know it does to her as well. It's just that she's trying to uh, balance her work life to her home life and unfortunately her job is so physically taxing for her that she literally spends her time off just recuperating and she's got no energy for anything else and that's i think a lot of people can identify with that these days and so you guys you know i i say all this because i want you guys to understand that uh rebecca and i do not have a blessed life we do not have perfect circumstances but what we have is uh is 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 heart and compassion what we have is experience what we have is a greater wisdom to what is going on in the world what is going on uh, with empaths and uh, what is going on in the paranormal world because it's an interest of ours but also as an empath uh, we were able to pick up on things that a lot of folks just can't you know you pick up on intentions you pick up on 
uh, entity sometimes. And so uh, it puts us in a unique position to sort of uh, offer our uh, analysis of what's going on there. And so what I did in the beginning with this show is I allowed myself to just uh, go for it. Be yourself. Uh, don't worry about the time frame. Don't worry about all these rules. Don't, you know, just go out there and put on a good show and uh, your thoughtful content and the research that you do will make you prepared to have a good, strong foundation for a good show. You know, because most people, when you think of podcasting, you think of, oh, we're going to interview someone and they're going to talk and we're going to talk back and forth. Or there's a group of people and they're, you know, maybe they're drinking a stein of beer and they're just laughing and goofing and talking about movies or something. And all that is fine and dandy. But I really wanted something. I wanted this to be special. I wanted this to really come from the heart and really, really be bold and daring and to talk about things that a lot of people don't have the balls to talk about, frankly, you know, you know, because I have a lifetime, a lifetime of experiences in humanitarian work. I worked as a phlebotomist where we collected blood and platelets uh, for accident victims and such. Uh, I worked as an EMT uh, helping people. It was craziness. Uh, after a while, I couldn't take it as an empath because it's too traumatic. It's too dark. There is just, you see too much too soon. And, uh, frankly, it starts bleeding over into your home life. You start having dreams and nightmares about it. And as an empath, I just found that I'm too compassionate and it's really hard to separate when you're an empath. That's why the vast majority of EMS workers are really tough cookies. A lot of them, I wouldn't say they're sociopaths necessarily, but a lot of them are very analytical and matter of fact, and they don't get, uh, they don't get wrapped up in a lot of emotion. They're very matter of fact people. And, uh, that's what helps them stay grounded in a very, uh, difficult job where there's a lot of trauma and a lot of emotions going on is you have to be able to emotionally distance yourself from what's going on. And so I just found that the pay uh, wasn't very good. I mean, we're talking less than $12 an hour, you guys, and the pay wasn't very good. And I was seeing things that, you know, it's like uh, Winston said in Ghostbusters, I've seen shit that'll turn you white. <laughs> but uh, but it was a gratifying job. It's a gratifying work. Uh, I love helping people uh, working as a chef, uh, sometimes you got it and sometimes you don't. You know, you feel sometimes you'll get credit and sometimes you don't. And so it, it's one of those things where if you're in the right setting, uh, it can be really pleasurable helping people by serving them and giving them good food and giving them a good experience. And it's something that uh, they cherish when it's done right. And uh, you can take a lot of pride in that. But in a lot of restaurants nowadays, there's a lot of go, 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 hustle, hustle, and you never really stop to take the time to appreciate the human factor. And so you start feeling like a machine. You start feeling like a robot. You're an automaton just putting ingredients together in a pan and throwing it on a dish and never getting to meet or see the person who gets to enjoy it. And so in that regard, uh, it, it just loses its humanity, you know? But really, I just wanted to talk uh, very frank and down to earth today about what we're going through because I want you guys to understand that while I do have wisdom, while I do have strength uh, 
I feel like I have something good to give my audience. Uh, I, I really feel like it's important for you guys to understand that this is a spiritual project for me, that this is coming not only from the heart and soul, but it also requires a, an exorbitant amount of, uh, well, let's just say you have to have a little bit of patience and extra happiness, uh, you know, in the tank for a rainy day. And what I mean by that is, is that um, there's a lot of disappointments in this, you guys. I'm not going to lie. There are many, many days where you're like, man, you know, because you got to understand, I'm competing against tens of thousands of other podcasts. And while I am doing better than most of those shows, I know that because they say if you're getting 30 or more downloads uh, per episode that you are doing you're in the top 10th percentile of all podcasters in the world. And we are above that. Some of my shows, some of my episodes are getting upwards of 200 and or more downloads. So, uh, and that's another thing is they say, don't compare your numbers to YouTube because it is an entirely different animal. You know, in YouTube, in the YouTube world, you have to get tens of thousands of views to start monetizing your channel so that you can start making money. In podcasting, it's a lot different. You have to get at least a few hundred uh, downloads per episode so that you can start taking on sponsors. And those sponsors, if you're not reaching a wide enough audience, uh, they don't want to uh, sponsor you because they think you're small potatoes and they don't think they're going to get their money's worth because your reach isn't wide enough to, for for their, uh, you know, and they're advertising dollars. And so I'm telling you guys all this because I want you guys to understand that while I know that uh, right now Rebecca and I are going through uh, this uh, sort of uh, time in our life where we have to be patient, this time in our life where uh, we're trying to uh, stay the course Stay happy, stay positive, stay motivated, and stay good in a, in a good place and in balance for you, my audience, because you guys are really what matters to me. But then you'll have a lot of days where you'll have setbacks. You know, you're 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 not sleeping right. Uh, you get into a bad mood. You start to feel like nobody cares because I can barely get my family members to share this, let alone perfect strangers. You know. And, and so when you're coming from this place of goodness and kindness and it's spiritual for you and it's meaningful, meaningful for you, uh, it can become, uh, this double-edged sword because on the one hand, it, it gets very, very encouraging and very, very rewarding when people come out of the woodwork to say, Hey, you've helped me in some way. And you start to see your numbers growing. It's like, wow, I'm really doing this. I'm succeeding, you know? But then there's another part of you that realizes that uh, you're not growing fast enough and that you're going to have to do more and you're going to have to cross platform and you're going to have to, you know, do all these little things to get noticed because really you're like an ant among thousands of ants trying to get noticed. Hey, look at me. I'm, do I'm putting out good content, you know, and uh, while we are mostly five star rated uh, five out of five stars. Uh, I'm very, I feel very proud of that and, and very encouraged by that. Uh, but, but when you're going week after week, month after month, watching your wife 
succumb to uh, fatigue and uh, just dealing with craziness at work and dealing with abusive uh, customers and such. Uh, she comes home defeated and tired a lot. And uh, I know that she wants to be here and support me. I know that she's trying to be there uh, for moral support, but uh, it gets increasingly hard when you're uh, not making ends meet quite right. And, uh, and that's the thing is I want this to become a full-time thing for me. Now I have no, no problem trying to get a job in something that I can do. And that's what I'm currently trying to do. But when you're doing a, a, a passion project like this, um, you don't have normal hours. You are always thinking about it. You're always working on little things, working on growing here, perfecting that, doing this, doing that, uh, tending to your social media, uh, trying to grow your YouTube, trying to uh, perfect your brand. Uh, there's a lot that goes on underneath, uh, behind the scenes that you don't really know is a thing. And so it takes up a lot of your time because it's a passion project. It's not like a job where you just punch in, do a task, and then punch out when you're done. Uh, it's an ever-growing thing. And so as I try to perfect this, uh, we're always trying to change things up to better suit you, the audience, and uh, to suit us uh, so that we can balance our life and uh, our uh, time uh, in a, such a way where where I can uh, allow myself to go out there and, and maybe perhaps get a part-time job. But what I'm hoping will happen is that this will grow to the point where I can stay home and work on this and make this big and start uh, creating charities, start creating coalitions, start doing really good work where we're helping people, you know, because you, you guys... There's a lot of folks out there who get something from this because there's a lot of people out there. A lot of podcasts are very, very optimistic and happy. And when you're in a depressed state of mind, you want to commiserate. You want to be around like individuals where you can learn and grow and uh, uh, soul search. And that's what this show is all about because we come correct. We're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not trying to depress anyone. What we're trying to do is offer something coming from real empaths who also suffer from a little bit of uh, depression and anxiety uh, and, and who are also uh, dealing with that work-a-day life and that work-to-life ratio, trying to perfect our life so that we can get better and bolder and do great things. And that's what we're all about is we're so long as I have a, a life in my lungs, uh, I'm going to continue to try to work on this uh, Chef Bry comedy brand and the Surviving uh, Empathy podcast to perfect it for you guys because that's what I care about and that's what this is all about. You know, I started this from a place of hope, from a place of love, from a place of kindness, from a place of thoughtfulness and earnestness. And I had to be very earnest and honest with myself of how I wanted to conduct myself on the show. And so while sometimes I can be irreverent, on occasion I'll tell you my thoughts on controversial subjects. At the end of the day, this is a passion project to help all regular people. It doesn't matter if you're an empath. It doesn't matter if you have depression or not. But if you are the kind of person who just struggles to find meaning out of life, 
you're in the right place because that's what we're doing. We're trying not to, to find a perfect life, uh, that's sugar coated. Uh, we're trying to find a perfect life here in the real world with real world problems. And that's a hard thing to do, you guys. You know, at the end of the day, I could sit here and try to tell sad stories of my life and some of the tragedies. I could tell you guys about my two cats that died the same year, three months apart from kidney disease in 2019. And Rebecca and I have been trying to get over that ever since. Um, Rebecca had to go down to California two years ago. It was Christmas time uh, because her father uh, was having some kind of heart problem. He had been drinking a lot. He um, is dealing with a lot of guilt uh, over the way he acted when he was raising his three kids. Um, and so he's become a very good man. Uh, but he, I think he drinks. He was drinking because um, he couldn't deal with the shame and the guilt of feeling like he wasn't a good enough father or that he had been uh, mean or cruel or abusive. And so he's been making up for lost time. And so um, to make a long story short, he uh, quit drinking. He's bet he's, he's completely sober now and uh, he's a good man. They're, her parents are really good people. They're very um, down to earth, salt of the earth people. They don't get into computers. They have no tech savvy. They're like natural and uh, they're they're just really like literally down to earth people. They are all about uh, hiking and trails. They're all about uh, yard work. They stay outside a lot of the day. They keep busy. They're very physically fit for their age, and uh, they're just really good people. And they've kind of rejected technology uh, so that they could have a more uh, connected life to their uh, to the natural world and to their uh, more. Um, spiritual uh, side of their life, you know? And in, I, in that regard, uh, I, I just, I'm so grateful that I have um, in-laws that are good to me and that care about us. And to have a wife like Rebecca who goes to work every day, rain or shine, <laughs> she's a really good woman. And we're just trying to survive, you know? Sorry, I'm not trying to lay it on thick or anything. It's just that I love her and she's my best friend. And so when we argue over finances, it tears my soul apart. And I wish there was more I could do. And that's what I was trying to tell her is like, I I have no problem working a part-time job so long as it's not overly physical. Um, But when you're still trying to learn and grow, as a podcaster, it takes up all of your time, you know. You know, I'm also dealing with the death of my father back in 2011. Found out, my mom found out on, um, uh, she found out on Ancestry.com. She was looking up our family lineage and saw that my father was dead. And I was like, oh my God, you know, and he had suffered from alcoholism for many, many years. He was um, just not, he didn't. He rejected modern society. He was he was a good guy, but he he had a angry side, and he was a he was a good man. But he died of alcoholism, 
And I didn't know about it because he didn't write anybody as his next of kin. And so, of course, I didn't find out until a year later when my mom was doing research for her family tree. And uh, at that time, I was actually in massage therapy school. And that's another thing I was going to tell you guys and as far as humanitarian work is that I am also an energy healer. Um, and I worked as a massage therapist for a time. And when I saw how difficult it was for a man to do full body massage, uh, it's, it's that men don't want to be touched by other men. And a lot of women have body issues and they have issues with men touching them. And so it got really hard as a man to do that as a career. And so what I did is I ended up going into chair massage for a long time, but, um, my best friend's a chiropractor and, uh, I'm not allowed to do chiropractic treatments on people, but, uh, because he trained me to do a lot of chiropractic, uh, uh, techniques uh i was i'm able to do a lot of chiropractic stuff on my wife and my family those who trust me <laughs> my mom doesn't like getting her neck cracked but um but i i offer those services to friends and family free of charge because uh at one time i was going to be a chiropractor and i ended up going to culinary school instead and i've told that story here on the show and so us regular people we're trying to live amongst all these wealthy systems we're trying to live amongst all these happy, well-adjusted, perfect people out there that have good jobs, who have hope, who have a savings. Uh, and we're living paycheck to paycheck, you guys. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. And that's what I tell Rebecca, and that's what I'll tell you. There is no fucking shame in that, you guys. There is no shame in working regular jobs. The end, period, end of story, you know? But the reason why I wanted to reach out to you guys today and just talk from the heart is because um, I'm feeling discouraged, you guys. Um, you know, I told you on the last episode that um, we have to be the healers, the carers, the encouragers. We have to encourage one another, you guys, because uh, no one's going to do it for us. We have to be there for each other. And what do I mean by that? People who have good jobs, big houses, have a a lot of money in their savings. Uh, they're not worrying about where their next meal is going to come from. They're not worrying about their job. They may, they may worry about their next gig coming and things like that, but if they have enough money, they're not worrying about whether or not they're going to eat or not. They're not worried about all these little things. And so I come to you guys today humble, your humble servant, to help people through their mental health woes, to help empaths and sensitives figure out what it is and how to empower themselves with it. People who are battling depression and anxiety. Uh, I am here for you because we have depression and anxiety, you guys. And I'm telling you, it is not a death sentence. But it does wear on your soul after a while. It really does. And so I don't come here to beg. I don't come here to plead. I don't come here uh, to crawl on my knees, uh, but I am at a point where uh, I'm thinking very seriously on the sustainability of this show, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really require us that much money for us to stay afloat. You know, like Rebecca said, maybe $50 a month. If I could bring in an extra $50 per month, we'd be fine. We'd be set. We wouldn't be rich, of course. <laughs> We're barely making it as it is now. But the thing is, you guys, is that I come here with 
loads of good, valuable information every single day. And I say this with no ego at all, that I am here as a resource to help people through the hardest times of their life because we right now are going through the hardest time in our life as well. And so if I could just get you guys to understand that I can't work for free forever. I know we're all getting used to free shit. (laughs) Pandemic checks and food stamps and (laughs) all this stuff. You know, we're used to free free movies and free radio and free podcasting. I get all that because a lot of things should be free. But at the end of the day, if you have a couple extra dollars that you can give to the cause, uh, it would go a long, long way into getting me to the next level so that I can start getting sponsors. Once sponsors happen, you guys, we're going to be smooth sailing. And then I will tell you guys, hey, we reached that point, you guys. We are there. Thank you. With your help, we got there. But we're not there yet. And so Rebecca and I right now, we're going through growing pains. We're going through spiritual pains. We're going through emotional pain. Because while we love each other and we love the show and we love life in general, we are not loving our circumstances. It is not, it's not a lot of fun, you guys. It's not fun when your truck doesn't start every time you go to start it and you get locked out with the security system glitch. It's not fun when you have to have your wife go off to work with a battery charger so that uh, it'll turn over for her at the end of the day. She's out there in the dark by herself trying to start the vehicle. Uh, it's not fun never having money for anything fun. Um, and the thing is, is that I got no problem working. I've worked my whole life. I've been working for over 35 years. And I'm very proud of some of the work I have done. But this is not the same economy that it used to be. It just isn't, you guys. It just isn't. And you guys probably know that. And that's why I'm trying to be somebody who comes correct. I want to talk about things uh, in a real way, not to depress anyone, but to just talk about it because we're so inundated anymore by wealth and wealth agendas and corporations and all these rules and laws. It's like, God damn, it's just, we've become this uptight, plastic, shallow, uh, rule mongering society where we regular people aren't getting any spiritual juice out of this. We're not getting to the finish line of our the, we are, have worth, you guys. We all have worth, and our worth is being obscured by all these wealth agendas, and we're all turning into automatons, you guys. Fucking automatons. Robots. And while I risk going too far, scaring you off, uh, you guys, I think part of growing up in society nowadays is, is partially Encouraging people, telling people they're good enough, telling people that their negative self-talk is nonsense. You don't have to do that. And what it really is about, you guys, is finding the strength and power and, and encouragement and empowerment to resist, if you can, supporting systems that are just going to turn around and fuck us in the ass, you know? I'm sorry to say it that way, but that's the truth. 
you know, you guys, when when regular working people work together, we work towards the betterment of society for the middle class. When we work against each other or don't work together at all, they win. And you know what they win? They win gerrymandering districts in the favor of parties that continually uh, oppress working class people. And they, we lose our voting power. We lose our union power. We lose our collective bargaining power. And at the end of the day, you guys, there is an agenda out there, you guys. And this is not a right versus left thing, although it is uh, starting to become that way. Uh, I do not fight for a leftist agenda. I fight against an agenda for the corporations to essentially own and rule us where we don't have our own rights as citizens. And that's what's happening right now. Whether you follow politics or not, I follow it so that I can tell you guys that if we don't start working together to create better outcomes for regular citizens in our country uh, in the next 10 to 20 years, we won't have any freedoms left. There will be no good jobs unless we start demanding better now. And so we can start demanding that corporate jobs, corporations start minding their P's and Q's, offer better benefits, offer better pay, offer a better culture. We should not feel afraid to go out into society because it's become so bad and so regressive and so awful to each other that the vast majority of regular people just start struggling to get by are literally having panic disorder and and panic attacks and night terrors uh, because that's how much they fear going out into the real world. Is that the world that you want for you? I, it's not the world I want for our children, you know, not my children, but our children in society, you know. Anyways, to reel this back in, I'm not trying to wax political here. I'm not trying to get anybody upset. Um, I'm here to plea for your understanding that Rebecca and I are good people. She was in pediatrics for 22 years. I was an EMT. I was a soldier. I was a phlebotomist. I was an energy healer and massage therapist. I have dedicated my entire life to humanitarian pursuits. And now that I need help, there's nothing and no one there to help me in my time of need. And it is hard, you guys, it is hard not to get a little bit bitter about that, to not get bitter about that. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to blame you guys for that. You're just trying to have a good, nice, fun day and try to get your spirits lifted. And that's what we're trying to do is lift spirits and make people realize that they're good enough and to fight tyrannical systems. Because if you don't, we're all going to end up at the other end of a a fascist oligarchical system that has no rights or freedoms for the regular citizens. And that's not a world that I want to live in. And so it, it's hard when you're dealing with all this wealth and all these systems and all these people that have money and have fame and have good looks and have good fitness. And here you are just fucking struggling to feel sane, just struggling to feel and look human. It's hard. <laughs> 
You guys, the vast majority of regular people in the world don't have connections. They don't have big houses on the hill. They don't have all the fancy pants clothes and all the fancy pants money. Uh, you know, I like a lot of celebrities. I think Will Wheaton and uh, the cast of Marvel and uh, there's a ton of pe- celebrities out there for whom I admire. And uh, I'm glad that a lot of them don't. Uh, you know, they're not flaunting their wealth at us. Chris Helmsworth tries to be down to earth and fun and funny and likable. And thank goodness for that. You know, we're not seeing their mansions. We're not seeing all their lifestyles and all the amenities that that lifestyle affords. And, uh, while I'm not a jealous person, um, it gets exceedingly hard, you guys, to be scrolling every fucking day on social media trying to find self-esteem, find encouragement, find positive news. And all we're trying to do is just not lose our shit, you know? Here we are just trying, trying, trying to feel good enough uh, about ourselves to uh, to believe in ourselves and to do something good and meaningful in our life. That's what it's about, you know, because I've never ever in my life accepted charity. I've never, ever asked for anything in my entire life. Everything I did in my life, I earned that shit myself. When I went into the military, I went into boot camp. When I got out of boot camp, I graduated from AIT. When I got back, I was in the National Guard. I worked towards a degree in uh, pre-med. And then eventually, I went active duty Army. And then when I was done with all that, I went back to college and then I ended up going to culinary school. And so you guys, everything I've ever done in my life, I was not given any handouts in life. I had to pay for it all. I had to work through it all. And I've done it dozens of times, you guys. And I say that with no, none, zero, zilch, no ego whatsoever. But when you are a regular working person, You play the mad scramble to find what works. And when one job doesn't work, when one industry doesn't work, you believe the lies. You believe, oh, yeah, come over here. We have job placement. Oh, no, come over here. It's going to be free. Oh, no, do this, do this. And you get pulled in all these different directions, and you believe your society when you're in your 20s. You believe in the power of positivity. You believe in the power of conviction and if I well if I just work hard enough I'll get there. And that's where a lot of people are dead wrong nowadays. And I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying stop working hard. What I'm saying is is that some people work hard and they and it pays off. Whereas a lot of people work hard and they get nowhere. They get nothing for it. And what separates the winners from the losers? It it's not morality It's just dumb luck, you guys. Just dumb luck. And I'm sure many of you guys right now can relate to that. I try to be a resource, to be positive, to be uplifting, to give you guys good advice. Uh, We are trying to work on the Chef Bright Comedy brand. We're going to start putting out YouTube videos where we're going to do reviews of uh, paranormal shows uh, because uh, it's something that a lot of people don't do frankly. And we're trying to uh, live our best life now. And the truth is, is I came here as a comedian and I quickly found myself 
not being very funny because of the, the circumstances, not only in our own life, but also in the life of those who we reach. You guys, you guys aren't living this easy breezy fucking life. You're not. Most of us aren't. And yet we're all afraid and ashamed to admit it. We're all afraid that there's some kind of, uh, there's some kind of stigma attached to being poor. There's some stigma attached to being, uh, not having a sense of humor about it. You know, when you get upset and uptight about your circumstances, you don't know who to reach out to because at the end of the day, you don't want to be stigmatized as being petty. You don't want to be stigmatized as being lazy. You don't want to be stigmatized as having mental health problems. You don't want to be stigmatized for simply caring and wondering what the fuck happened to this world. And you guys, I don't know what happened to it. But this is what happens when you let corporate oligarchies take over the private sector and the wealth in this country. All the wealth floats to the top and leaves nothing for the regular citizens. And there's no right-leaning or left-leaning agenda there. That is just the facts, you guys. Just the facts. Just the facts. No more, no less. I am proud to serve the interests of all regular people, those struggling with mental health worries, those struggling with the workaday life, regular average people, you guys, need encouragement, and they need to work together. And if we don't start coalitions, if we don't start working together, they're going to win. The corporations and the wealth agendas are all going to win, and we're going to be left with nothing. And I hate saying that. This podcast is my spiritual passion project. It comes from a place so deep and meaningful, I cannot overemphasize that. I am not trying to say that the world is a terrible place. There's just a lot of terrible systems in place with terrible people in charge of those systems who aren't, they're the gatekeepers, and they're not letting regular people get through. And when I looked today on Indeed for jobs, I saw about 15 jobs that I couldn't do because it was way, way too physical and way, way too many hours for me. How am I supposed to come here and do a show after working 50 hours a week at some other job, especially a really tough manual labor job? How the fuck could anybody do that? Nobody could. And so I will continue to try to make ends meet. I will continue to look for part-time work that will work around this show here and this brand. I will try always, you guys, to improve the show, improve the brand. You have my commitment that I will never spend your money on my personal life. Any money that you donate to us goes to, to PayPal and it stays in PayPal And it is only used to pay for the show and the brand and may will only touch it if we're starving to death and need it. But otherwise, it stays there. It is a part of our savings. And that saving is going towards the betterment of our life and our brand and our business over time. And when it gets bigger and when it gets better and sponsors take notice, we are going to be beautiful, you guys, beautiful. It really is going to be an amazing, awesome thing. And I don't think there's a lot of people in the world who care enough about each other to try to do something like this. 
I don't see Joe Rogan doing anything to support regular folks. And the vast majority of our politicians and the vast majority of our political channels, all they want to do is divide and conquer, you guys, and that's what they're doing. They're dividing and they're conquering and they're laughing all the way to the bank, you guys, all the way to the bank, while the vast majority of us are just trying to be good people, trying to believe in God and Jesus, trying to have some kind of quality of life, some work ethic, some uh, uh, just just trying to be good people, just trying to believe in ourselves. That's all. No agendas, no motives, no ulterior motives, just a motive to be a good person, to live a good life. And that's what we can do together, start a community together so that we can perhaps at least thwart off some of these wealthy, tyrannical systems that are looking to indoctrinate us and enslave us into a life and lifestyle that is not bringing any better quality of lives to regular folks. I'm not saying let's get rid of capitalism. I'm not even saying let's get rid of corporate jobs. But we can make them accountable, you guys. We can make them accountable by standing one together as one to say, no, we demand better wages, we demand better treatment, and until such, we will not fucking work there. The end. Have a nice day. You guys, please, 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 please don't make me beg. Don't make me have to go work where I have to deal with inane bosses and physically grueling labor. Allow me to do what I love, which is helping people and talking about hope, talking about kindness, talking about bettering the quality of life of all average regular citizens. We are growing too large, you guys. Overpopulation is kicking us in the teeth, you guys. And that is why all us old souls, all us old fools, look back to a simpler time in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Because we miss it. And why would we miss it? For all intents and purposes, things have gotten better. Better technology, better phones. There's a lot of things that I am very grateful for in the modern world. I love my smart devices. I love my Google TV. I love all of the devices that make life a little bit more productive, a little bit more efficient. And so I am a futurist. I believe in a big, bold, bright future. But the future I see they're writing for this planet does not include us, you guys. We were not invited to Elon Musk's party. We were not invited to Jeff Bezos' party. We are not going to ever, as regular citizens, blast off into outer space and go live on another planet. Not in our lifetime. And until regular folks start working together, when regular folks start just acknowledging objective reality and preparing for it, we are going to continue to be divided. We are going to continue to be indifferent. We are going to continue to not care. And there will be no leaders. There will be no movement that will overthrow or overpower all these corrupt systems that are looking to destroy peace, love, harmony, good cheer, good pay, decent jobs, 
good work ethic. All we're looking for is to restore the backbone of the middle class, you guys. That is it. Nothing more, nothing less. And unless you know somebody else out there doing it, you got to let me do it because I'm ready. I'm a soldier. I'm a fighter. I am an activist. I understand policy. I understand politicians. I've been on this planet forever. I'm 187 years old, you guys, and I need your help. And I need your help for me. I need your help for that beautiful soul, Rebecca, over here, who's just trying to keep it together without crying. And our little cat, Gouda, who's filling the void from the loss of our two cats. And she is an absolute fucking pleasure. She's broken like us, but she's beautiful like us. <laughs> Damn it. Here I go again. You, you guys, I love this planet. I love people, but I don't love living anymore. Not like this. It's time we start looking to a brighter future for regular folks. And if you can pitch in a couple of dollars, two, three, four, ten, whatever you can afford, you can go to my PayPal. You can go to my uh, Patreon at Chef Bry Comedy. Chef B-R-Y Comedy. And, uh, you know, set it up for recurring. You can help for a year. And in a year's time, as we grow, as we get better, as we expand onto the YouTube platform, we're going to get there, you guys, and you're going to be the reason why. Because you give a shit. You actually fucking give a shit about something. Because the vast majority of people nowadays, they want their movies for free. They want their, uh, <clears throat> they want their uh, songs for free. They don't want to pay artists. They don't want to pay content creators. And what kind of moral example does that set for our children? Doesn't. It doesn't. We have to support those people we love. We have to lift the spirits of those people who are doing good work in this world. And we should never let a business fail because of apathy. If you're doing good work, you should not fail in this country. That is the American dream. And I believe in the American dream but, but, but I don't believe in fairy tales and I don't believe in magic and mysticism anymore. I believe in the power of people, people doing good work every day. And without those people, we will have nothing, you guys. And we need fighters and we need people to understand the importance of what the times that we're living in are. What are they? What are we going through? You know, you might be 20, 30 years old thinking, oh, relax, Brian. You're just crazy. You're just an old man. You're just, oh, you're just at ending at the end of your life cycle. And you're just, you, you, you're just overhyping this. You want to fucking bet? You guys, we've got 10 years to reverse climate change or we will never be able to get it back to good again, ever. At this rate, we're going to get another Donald Trump-like person in office. It's going to take over and destroy all fairness in all of our systems. Do you really want that? No, man. Anyway, I'm really sorry that I went there. Uh, it's just that I'm very passionate about all this, and uh, I care deeply about people, and I care deeply about 
the quality of my life and the quality of my wife's life. And without your help, truthfully, you guys, I will be hanging this up very soon unless we get some help. Sorry to say it like that. Maybe nobody cares. Maybe I'm just, you know, talking to a brick wall here, but I don't believe that to be the case. I know because you guys email me, you guys message me on Instagram and Twitter telling me that we've helped in some small way. And so if you care about us and you care about the movement we're trying to start, if you care about trying to get regular people in this society to have a voice, then stand up. If you don't know what to do, then help us. We will do it for you. That is what we're here for. I would much, much rather spend 60 hours a week doing this than spending 20 hours doing that out there. And the reason that is, it's not because I'm afraid of hard work. I'm a runner. I run 20 miles per week, you guys. You've seen it. You go on Instagram. You go look at my numbers. You'll see I'm running 15 to 20 miles every week. I am not a lazy person. I am committed. I am committed to bettering this world before I die. And by gum, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with your help. Anyway, so you guys, from now on, I'm going to try to keep this show at an hour and a half or less. Uh, We've allowed some of our shows to go over uh, into the two-hour mark and that. I don't think it's doing anything extra for people. I I really don't. I think most people want to get in, get out, and get on with their day. And so uh, I want to keep this around an hour to an hour and a half at most. Uh, that's what we're going to try to aim for from now on. Uh, we're going to continue doing shows about the paranormal. We're going to continue doing shows about cryptids and all weird, unexplained phenomenon because that is our fun and passion. That is what we like to do in our spare time uh, is, uh, you know, when we can't go out, we, we, we study this stuff. We think about this stuff deeply and we try to offer solutions in the paranormal. And basically because, you know, the paranormal world has become nothing more than 10 TV sensationalism, and it's become a bunch of bullshit. It's just something to smoke weed to and watch while you're high, munch out on. But we take it a little more seriously than that. We look at the phenomenon in realistic terms and try to better the industry. We want to raise voices and raise clarity in the field of the paranormal. It's not just to have fun, although that is, you know, a good side effect to it, but it's also to arrive at a place of clarity and understanding in the field. We want to raise and elevate the science in the field. We want to understand what comes after this life and to what extent. And I think we're getting there. But we're also a resource for empaths. We're also a resource for the uh, hypersensitives and intuitives out there. You know who you are. Don't be glamored by hippy-dippy shit. Don't be glamored. If you're into that, fine, great. But don't be glamored by fakers and posers out there pretending to be something they're not. All this namaste, kumbaya shit, come on, give me a fucking break. They're just trying to become a cult of their own personality, and that's not coming correct, you guys. You guys, we only get as big as our resources will allow us to get we only believe in god and spirituality uh equivalent to uh, how much good comes into our life and the reason why i became an atheist you guys the reason why i don't believe the reason why i'm now an agnostic spiritual atheist is because when i committed my life to the lord 
for over 10 years, my life didn't get better. It got worse. And I didn't understand why. I thought I was failing. I thought I was failing the Christ. I thought I was failing myself. I thought I was failing my friends and family around me. And I wasn't. I was working harder than ever. I was working as a chef, working my way up the ladder, paying my dues. I wasn't cursing or swearing. I I had it figured out. I was a good Christian. I was a good boy. And I was trying to make reparations for all the bad I thought I had done in my past with partying and drinking and drugging and all that, you know. And today, I come to you as a fun-loving comedian, fun-loving person that loves cracking jokes and and just making light of life and enjoying. Uh, But uh, the seriousness of our times and the seriousness of my circumstances are drastically uh, reducing the number of times that I laugh per day. And I can't have that. I've got to have balance. I have got to have joy in my life. And I know that you guys care about what we're doing and the message that we're trying to spread. And so if you can help out, that would just be terrific. And um, we can't thank you guys enough. We don't want to have to stop. Our numbers are good, you guys. The analytics are there. If you want to see them, I'll show them to you. They're not as big compared to YouTube. They're not as big compared to what most people are used to seeing. But we are doing better than average. And we are growing. Just not big enough for sponsors to take notice yet. And so if you can just help us get to that next level, I promise you, it's going to be worth it, you guys. Not just for our life, but for yours and for this society as a whole. We want to create a culture that's fun, fun fun-loving, joyous, celebratory, and to fight all regressive, tyrannical systems. We are stuck, you guys, right now. Right now. Look out and look at the newspaper. Go look on TV. Look at all the Karens out there causing problems on airplanes. All the mask holes and their bullshit. Look at all the angry souls out there all looking to hurt each other and hate on each other. Holy shit, you guys. What the fuck happened? Come on. No fucking way. Really? Really? At the end of the day, you guys, we want a less punitive society. We want a society that's more functional. We want a society that's classy and has dignity and integrity. And those aren't just words, you guys. Those are, those are feelings. Those are, those come from the heart. That comes from a real place. They do, you cannot, I cannot stress enough the importance of integrity and dignity for average working people in our society. And we must give it to them. And we must work together, you guys, collectively, collective bargaining, collecting, creating a coalition, creating a movement. And you can help me in that movement. And I thank you guys so, so very much to the few who do care, for the few who have contributed. Thank you guys so very much. You know, Rebecca and I love you guys. We are lovers, not haters. And we are here to create a world that is more fun and more free and more forward-thinking for regular folks. That's what we're about. Food, folks, and fun. Wait, aren't we having McDonald's later? (laughs) Anyways, you guys, thank you so very much for listening. Thank you so very much for helping me out. Um, We will make it, but we can't make it without you guys. And so thank you for helping. Just pitch in a little tiny bit, please. Um, It would do so much to help build 
not only our movement, but also to build me up and make me feel like I'm doing this for a reason, that it, that something matters, that something is real. Please don't let me down and please just <laughs> help this old soul to feel like there's something worth believing in again. Because believe me, you guys, I don't want to be an atheist. I don't. I want to believe in the supernatural healing power of Christ. I want to believe in the supernatural healing power of togetherness. I want to believe that people get ahead when they're positive and when they work hard. But I haven't always seen that, you know? So help me see it. Help me believe it. And thank you guys so very much for your friendship. Thank you guys so very much for your, your, your reaching out to us. Please, if you want to talk to us and continue the conversation, you can visit us on Twitter and Instagram. I even have a Facebook page, Chef Bright Comedy or uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for listening. And thank you for not mocking me in my time of vulnerability. I promise I will never make fun of yours. Thank you guys. Thank you.